Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. What's happening today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? Feeling pretty rad today, Dave. Oh, yeah? How about you? How how you doing? I think you've said rad before. You do use that word a lot. Well, it is the 80s. This is an 80s podcast. Did you see there is... Oh, actually, there were two comics today. I read the comics because I do. And two of them, actually, I'm, I'm pulling them up right now because it made me feel old you read the baby blues not anymore but i used to yeah i I still do the wife is is writing a children's book and the husband says your book is great wanda and then the little kid says but some of the words seem a little outdated the mom says such as and the little girl says i had to google gnarly and then the mom (laughs) says your dad uses gnarly all the time and then the girl says, so you see my point? And then the dad, of course, says, ouch. Yes. Gnarly. 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 Yeah. So how you feel? You feeling gnarly? Feeling pretty gnarly today. I feel like this is going to be a gnarly podcast. Yeah. There's another one today on the, with Zitz. Do you ever read Zitz? Not anymore. Uh, you got to read the comic still. And I thought I, you had a paper. I get the paper. And I read the advice column that shows up next to the comics. But I oh, can't I never... believe you go online and, and read the comics. I yeah I get the e the e newspaper it's the actual newspaper. So you can't be accused of being a dinosaur. Anyway, so this, on the zits, the teenager is going, oh wow, nobody nobody told me it was fashion week already, and it's just the the parents dressed horribly. But the dad is he's in his shorts, and the shirt is an Oingo Boingo shirt. I love it. <laughs> Which is, I'll just show you that. But but when I saw Oingo, I'm like, oh my god, okay. So now these are my people. Yes. Yes. See, I didn't know. I, I see. Okay, but look at him. You can't, <laughs> well, you, can't see see. you can't see him, but he looks. He does look older than us, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. Yes, Thing he is, does. He, no, he's in his forties. This guy, because the kid is in seventeen. Also, which made me feel super old again, because Facebook makes me feel old. But and you know they have the the reminders, and I posted. I think it was in 2010. Yeah, it was 2010. I put, Michael Stipe is 50 years old. I feel very old. And now 50 seems like, oh, I wish, 50 seems like, oh, that was, what a wonderful time when I was 50. 
My God, that was 13 years ago. I mean, that. My no, was- 14 years ago, my, my friend. We are in a new year. 2024, 14 yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Michael Stipe now is 64. Yeah. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? I, so, yeah. That was very good. Yeah. That was uh, very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. You can, you, uh, you're saying that beautifully. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, we're in our late 50s. We are pushing 60. No, it's not late. It's mid 50s. Not me. No, I'm, no, I'm you're still in your mid 50s. Okay, well, I'm, I'm 59 in a couple of months. Well, that, <laughs> well, four months. That, that's still, that's like, uh, still mid 50s. Mid 50. You're always mid 50s. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. never it's, now it's just yeah it's just always mid like we're still in middle age like because we're gonna live forever because we're gonna live forever um fame <laughs> bring that back yeah speaking of old we're going back 33 years 33 and a third years did you do the math is it 33 and a third? No, it is actually, wait. We're in 2024. I did do the math. I have to confirm that. So we're in 2024. But I'm going we're to, okay. So I have a, a calculator. <laughs> 2024 minus, minus 1987 equals? 37 years. Oh, it's 37. 37 years. Okay. So we're looking at 37 years. I miscalculated we pretty certainly badly did. before. Yeah, that was bad math. Okay, excellent. So I'm going to shout out to my bestie, Fable, because that we met in remedial math, and I've told you, in, at CSUN. Oh, in remedial math. In oh, math per- 098. Oh, perfect. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense. Didn't Sh- help, obviously. Shout out to the Matadors. Good job. <laughs> Make your donations now. Okay, so we're going back 37 years, yeah. thanks to math and calculators and... <laughs> So they, you learned in Northridge how to use a calculator. That's good. What can you tell me about 37? It's a prime number. You know that? Do you know what a prime number 37 is? 37 is a prime number. That came to you really quickly. Well, because it's 37. <laughs> you know, while you were in remedial, I was taking statistics. So, you know. Oh, that is impressive. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. So impressive. I eked by in statistics. Yeah. All right. But, you know, you're part of the grammar police now. So, you know, so you should be proud of that. Yeah. That which, was my specialty. Which is my curse because that's. Oh, well, I'm, I'm here to help you just like you're here to help me with yeah, my math. I constantly test you on my grammar. <laughs> I send you something like, well, that's flawless. And then you're like, all I see is red marks. I know, but well, no, I mean, the editor does. I know, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I real honestly now I don't even sometimes I don't I'm like all right Holly will pick it up whatever I'm not even going to double check my work. You should. <laughs> I should I should double check my work, but I don't. No, I feel better. I feel way more useful when I'm able to. <laughs> the more I come up with, the more useful I feel. Okay, very good. Well, well, I'm glad you're there for me then. Catch my fall, Billy my Idol. Idol. There you go. See, you know that. <laughs> Things that stick in your head. You don't know 37 is a prime number, but you know, catch my fall. Well, I do know 37 is a prime number, but I don't think that I would have, it wouldn't have been the first thing that popped to my mind when you say 37. Fun fact. It's not that fun, but okay. I don't know. Okay. All right. We have other fun facts here. We have a lot of fun facts about the year 1987. Yes. Don't we? Yeah. For me, it was a life altering year. I know what, I I think I know what it was. Yeah. But for you, where were in 87? Where were you? That was my last year of college. Okay. So did you? You graduated in eighty seven? I was a mid year graduate. Okay. So I finished and I was still doing an internship. Uh so I graduated in eighty eight, but I think technically my degree would say nineteen eighty seven. 
but I didn't participate in the in the ceremony until 1988. Okay, I could All be right. wrong about that. <laughs> Okay. You're gonna have to edit this out. I don't know. Where well, we... no one's going to double check you, so you were. Yeah, but I should be sure about my own past. So you're interning what at Power 106? Power 106. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was a good year. I met Steve. I met Steve in 1987. Yeah, I met Janice in 1987. So that was a good year. Okay. So what else? Uh, what else did you? What else do you remember? Where were well, you working? Well, 1987 came to be known as the Valentine's Day Massacre on at uh, this frequency 94.7 where. Uh, this rock radio station, KMET, went off the air and uh, changed to smooth jazz, 94.7, the wave. And, Can you uh, sing that? 94.7, the wave. No, you sing it. <laughs> no, I'm not singing it. You did great. No, That's no. perfect. So then, like a week later, in our radio class, Karen Curran says, uh, anybody want interested in this, in this uh, internship? And she wrote it on the board, and I wrote it on my a piece of paper, and I called, and I called, and I won. I was called. <laughs> you were caller. Yeah, yeah, it's caller twenty one or whatever. <laughs> so I was off and running at uh, at the wave there, just answering phones and doing all that fun stuff. That's how you got that because Karen Kearns helped me with my first job also at Westwood well, One. Well, they should. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to. Sure. That's supposed to happen in college, I think. Let's get your opportunities. That's why our professors are paid the big bucks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the wave, then your your career just took off from there. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was actually it was good. I met some wonderful people there. You had great experience at the wave. You met. Oh yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, it was great. There was, uh, and actually, yeah, when I needed to get do interviews for my for my radio projects, I was able to talk to the general manager and the program director, and you know, do all that stuff. They were you know, very open to talking to some. To kids. Punk. And <laughs> with his with his recorder, tape recorder. Ta- literal tape recorder. It was, yeah. yeah. Literal tape recorder. Uh, Frank Cody was there at the time? Yes. Yeah. That's who I talked to. Yeah. Yeah, it was Frank Cody. And Howard Bloom was the general manager still. So these were the, these were p- the people responsible for the, the change in format. It's time, honey. Turn, turn on the radio. What are you talking about? What's turn, wrong? Turn on the radio. It's time, baby. It's, it's 12 noon. What's 12? Oh, oh, that. The boom. Two hours. Boom. Eight days. Oh, Remember that? Boom. Five days. Oh, come on, come on. It's now. No, no, no. Boom, boom. Time's up. Okay. Turn on. 94 7. 94 7. 94 7. Let me see. Okay, okay. I've got it. Shh, shh, shh. This is Howard Bloom, Vice President and General Manager of Southern California's newest radio station, KTWV Los Angeles. On behalf of all of us at Metropolitan Broadcasting, welcome to 94.7 The Wave. 94.7 The Wave. That was a really big deal in Los Angeles. Yes, it was, but but it's time had come because no one was listening to the, to KMET anymore. The wave is still running strong, yeah, better than ever. You ever listen to the wave? It's it's a really good station. I do listen now occasionally. I, I did not. I think I was standing on a ceremony. I guess. 
<laughs> you you do that. You like to do that. Oh, I think I got that from my. That wasn't my mom. I, and I, I I actively have to try not to. I had to hold a grudge. Yes. Steve went to the goodbye party for KMET. Oh, okay. But yeah, being there, I got to. You know, I saw all the KMET relics. The KMET. Actually, <laughs> the one thing I remember is the KMET Coke mirror. Which had all these scratches on it. You don't like, mean Coca Cola? <laughs> yes, it was Coca Cola. So that that was good. And there, were, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff. I, I got, uh, yeah, a few few stuff. I have my uh, my. They had a, a signed Pete Buck REM album that I that they let me have. So I still have that. That's kind of cool. Whoa! <laughs> so that was nice. Yeah. So anyway, eighty seven was the uh, yeah the year I got to start, start a working career. Earning three thirty-five an hour. Yeah, that was minimum wage at the time. Yeah. Uh, that was minimum wage at the time. It was. I remember it went very well. Three thirty-five. Yeah. 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 Oh. Lucky go, me. Go you and look at you now. Look! Look at me now. <laughs> look at him now. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> no. I'm older than everybody that was there at the time. And we were so young. And they were they were old. These were old old people. We at, at our first job. Remember that, and remember this, kids. How young you're going to feel at your first job, and then it goes just like that. Yeah, well, let them enjoy it while they can. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. All right. So those were the basics of '87, kind of. Yeah. 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 We we were in the thick of our uh, radio classes too, of our our uh, at CSUN still. Yeah. Also in '87 was the year that I went to New York, and oh. I remember I remember interviewing someone I knew at the who worked at the Wave worked with Howard Stern and I interviewed for like if they needed some internship. I wasn't into Howard Stern at the time. And I, I remember talking to Baba Bowie about, the, about an internship. It just never, I, I went somewhere else, but that was. Where'd you go? Uh, it was uh, like a radio syndication, um, like college radio. I was more into college radio. I wasn't into fart jokes and stuff like that. I was. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to talk about you know REM and stuff like that, but that, so this was a um, just a run by a bunch of kids. It was like literally people that were like 20, 23, 24 that were doing like a a radio show that that they sent to college radio. What do you remember the name of it? New Route. New Route was the was the radio show, and they had a magazine, and I think I have a couple of their shows in my my archives. I love that you feel that I, uh, how, uh, what's the word for it? That you, you stuck to your guns. You weren't interested in Howard Stern, but that was a really great opportunity. I mean, think about having sure. worked on the Howard, Howard Stern show. Sure. I could have, I could have been one of the, the whack pack if uh, I stuck with it. You could have been stuttering, uh, stuttering, <laughs> stuttering John. John. Yeah. It was probably before stuttering. John. I don't know. He was, mm. it was just, it was at, uh, it was, I guess they called the K rock at the time. It was oh, cool. right. Of so yeah, ninety two three I think was the frequency. But anyway, did, yeah, WXRK not, was the K Rock yeah, in New York. Yeah, did not happen. Ended up, uh, yeah, ended up doing that. Oh no, you know what I did? Oh, I worked at uh, I worked at NBC Sports. I worked at Thirty Rock. That's right. I did I did that in the fall, and then in and then in the spring I went to uh, New Route. That's a full experience for yeah. your time in New yeah. York. And they actually paid, uh, they used to have the 10 the minute ticker. So that I got actually paid like really well <laughs> to like pull off the ticker tape and give it to, you know, the, the stats guy. Cause they, cause they, you know, we needed the scores every 10 minutes. Cause you know, nobody knew what the scores were of anything. 
except from this little ticker. This is like, <laughs> this is so old school. I love it. Yeah, it's super old school. Yeah, NBC TV, NBC Sports. For yeah, TV. it, was, it yeah. was NBC Live with Bob Costas. Yeah. So that's why that's where I was every Sunday. Was a, okay. That is so you. I think you and, and you met your your future wife. I did. That is a full New York experience. Best year ever. So thirty seven years ago was your best year. Yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm all downhill from. Yeah, here. that's it was. I remember saying at the time, like in the, like, oh, this is, this is, I'm going to consider this the best year of my life. <laughs> so. so that really is. So when people talk about, cause you hear our kids generation talking about, oh, people tell us our college years are our best years ever. And they don't necessarily find that to be the case. Yeah. But you really did. You had a great column. One, at least one, one great good year. singular college <laughs> one, year. One, one good, <laughs> as soon as I left Northridge, things started happening. That's not, I mean, I think a lot of us can say that. (laughs) Go Matadors. (laughs) Okay, we are breaking down whatever happened in 1987. But as we do, we break it off like a Kit Kat bar and we will return shortly. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S.
We're back on the What Difference Does It Make podcast and are reminiscing of the year 1987. What I, else we, happened in 1987? We were also watching a lot of TV and listening to music and going to movies and sports and all that fun stuff. Anything uh, where you want to start with something? Do we go right into the first female rock and roll Hall of Fame inductee? The first female Hall of Fame inductee. Um, I'm surprised. I actually just had to check myself because it almost didn't sound right. Well, go ahead and tell me who it is. It's Aretha Franklin. So it took until 1968. Someone, well, she was actually, I guess, 67. She became big. So it was no one from the 50s, which is Ashonda. Ashonda, <laughs> exactly. For those of you <laughs> struggling with your Yiddish, that's well, a I'm, shame. it's kind of a shame. I'm listening to Getty Lee, so I'm to the Yiddish Ashanda, right now. Yes, highly recommend my effing life. You ever hear Wanda, Wanda Jackson? Was no, big. she was a fireball. Was uh, she inducted ever? She was among the first women to have a career in rock and roll, recording a series of 1950 singles that helped give her the nickname the Queen of Rockabilly. She's also counted among the first female stars in the genre of country music. Anyway, she should have been. It doesn't mention her in the Rock Hall, uh, but she should be. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's Shonda. But, you know, Aretha Franklin. Okay, we're <laughs> going too much on this. But yes, Aretha Franklin, for sure, deserves to be to be inducted. I don't think she should have been. the. I mean. There were, the first. There were, she should not have been the first. Yes. I mean, well-deserved to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, for sure. Yes, but meaning there should have been more before her. Correct. I mean, not in place of her, but it should have. women should have been inducted. Yeah. There are plenty of women that should have been that, inducted sooner. That came, or, yeah, that were there, that influenced Aretha. Speaking of first, and you might have seen this too, the first band to get censored from American Bandstand. Oh, I think I know this. My Heroes. Tell this, me. This happened in, in January of 1987. The Beastie Boys appeared on American Bandstand, and they had to lip sync. You got to fight for your right to party. <laughs> and so they had like these microphones, and they had the, you know DJ Hurricane on the ones and twos, and they were faking everything. Like you, they would cut to DJ Hurricane going, you know, rock, 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 but nothing is coming out. There's nothing. They're not doing anything, and they're just the Beastie Boys are just kind of doing nothing. They're just kind of, you know, they're slam dancing into each other, doing flips and just kind of doing nonsense and not really speaking into the microphone and actually kind of destroying one of the microphones. Shambles. Wait a minute. Another piece of it. Oh, wait a minute. How do you handle it? This is a high budget show. Oh, man, this is it. This is the only microphone we own. How do you handle adverse publicity? You've had your share of good and bad stuff. Band meeting, you know, band meeting, one oh, second, Dick. That's band quite, meeting. No, all right, all right. Dick, that's quite no, a jacket yeah. you have. You like it? You can have it. Can I have that one, the Harley? Whoa, well. Yeah. Please wow. introduce me to your friends, first of all. This is Don Pardo. That's Don Johnson. <laughs> Sandy Don Meredith. And Cindy Lauper on the end. Thank you so very much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Beastie Boys. Poor Dick Clark had to, he's Mr. Teenager trying to be hip and cool and like, oh, you guys are just crazy. You crazy to, kids. Yeah, you crazy kids. Good times. And I guess that was uh, afterwards. I'm sure Dick Clark had his Casey Kasem moment and probably blew up. It's like, never again. I'm, I'm still in love with, with the band. 
to this day and not Dick Clark. But, and also, you know, what happened that, that year in 87 was uh, American Bandstand got kicked off ABC like later that year. That was the end of their their run on ABC. They were syndicated for a couple more years, but then that that like two years later, they were it was done. So Amer- so the Beastie Boys pretty much destroyed American Bandstand. Beginning of Beastie Boys, end of American Bandstand. Yeah, but remember back then, we've talked about this a lot, like the old TV shows from when we were a kid, the old music shows like Midnight Special, and and we would we would watch anything if our favorite artists were going to be featured. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter. I mean, yes, it mattered that they were lip syncing, and you know that's a bummer. But Midnight Special is amazing, and that it was those were live yeah. show performances. Yeah, so many great performances on Midnight Special. It's good stuff. That was great. Yeah, that was great. I mean, Saturday Night Live was great. Yeah. Still, you know, you could still, they, they're playing it live. So I know we, we reserve a lot of our music talk about K-Rock artists to our K-Rock when we look at the top songs on K-Rock, but it was a really big year for music, 1987. Sure. With some of the best albums of all time, like Joshua Tree, which you may or may not agree with. And, uh, oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I was on March 9th. I was... Uh, I bought that record. Yeah. And as I see here that it came out. And I remember, I, I think unsurprisingly, I was at Disneyland at the time, but on March 27th, they did the, uh, their rooftop concert, you know, ripping off the yep. Beatles, doing their thing. Downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to create a, a stir. Yeah. I, I remember talking to my friends about, you want to do that? Like, nah. and we were both like, no, that's, <laughs> we, we didn't want to go. <laughs> Yeah, I think we knew some people who went. Yeah. I mean, I love watching that. I still, that that footage. Do you? Fun, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was, uh, I don't know. Well, you're a little less of a U2 fan than me. <laughs> so everything they do is, they could do no harm in my way. But yeah, but uh, also speaking of the Beatles, the, the originators of the rooftop concert <laughs> in 1987 was the, the start of CDs and um, the, the first four Beatles albums came out. And I remember going to Music Plus and I actually put down a deposit to make sure I would get all four, you know, the, the first four Beatles releases. They did that there at Music Plus? You, you, they were like... Yeah, they used to do that. I mean, you know, they had, you know, you had your midnight sales, but they also like for like big ticket or, you know, like popular things they would take, put down, you know, you'd have to put down 10 bucks to reserve to make sure you got your CDs. These were the UK releases. So it was... Uh, something unique that I, I didn't know. Like these were the the way the Beatles wanted them to come out. So it was uh, Please Please Me with the Beatles, A Hard Day's Night and Beatles for Sale. So I remember getting those and listening to the way they were properly released. And they, they came out in mono too, which I guess people were up in, uh, that was an uproar. Like, why are you putting it out in mono? It's like, well, that's the way the Beatles had it. So the way, it sh- the way I guess it should be heard. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I was fine with that. I mean, it was just cool to have, those records. Do you still have them? Of course. Why would I not have them? I know, you know, we got caught up in selling our CDs because nah, it was yeah, a I still dead ha- format. I still have still have my most of my CDs, a lot of them. <laughs> as far as CD releases, the big day it was March March 9th was a big day, and then like less than a, a week after I was in New York. Uh, yeah, so on August 31st, 1987, Michael Jackson releases Bad. That's as uh, First studio album following up Thriller and it ended up producing five number one singles. And so anyway, I got that. But also on that day was R.E.M.'s document came out and Aerosmith's permanent vacation. So that was a good day. 
And uh, what day? There was another life-changing album released that year. What day was it? I know you know where uh, I'm going with this. Life-changing? No, I, I don't. Oh, uh, Brian Adams? <laughs> okay. I didn't mean life-changing for me. I meant life-changing for both of us. Uh, Whitney Houston? I said both of us. <laughs> um, or were you going George Michael? Oh, no, I was not, but yes. Faith came out yes. on October 30th. That would uh, eventually win the Grammy of the Year, sell 11 million copies. Prince canceled his Black album, which was supposed to come out. I was excited about that. But my friends at New Route Magazine, you know, they were tuned into whatever. They got like a bootleg of that. So I had it. I had the Black album on, on cassette tape, like, you know, on, on like a Memorex Ooh. tape or something. Oh, <laughs> still have it? Um well, yeah, now I have the CD of it. Is it, uh, well, what else did I have on there? Oh, I, oh, there you go. I see where you're going. Uh, July 21st. Yes. Go ahead. What happened on July 21st? That was Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. Uh, which flopped initially. <laughs> no, initially it did. I don't know what sparked like all of a sudden, maybe it was MTV like, uh, videos, but initially, and especially because of the, the cover, the album cover was a little controversial and, uh. What was controversial about it? It was a robot that had um, apparently molested a, a woman, which is what you don't want to see on a on a cover. Again, um, you don't. <laughs> I guess this one just flew right by so, me, but it doesn't right. surprise me. But yeah, but you open up the so instead they had the you know them as the, the skeleton or the the yeah the skulls of yeah. their faces. Um, and then you opened up the album and then the, you, they had the, the robot. Initially, that was the cover. You've seen the picture. I know you're going to pull it Maybe up. I blocked it out. Maybe you did. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. So this was the cover initially. Do you remember that? Does that look familiar at all? I must have blocked this out. I definitely blocked this out. Uh, so it was released July 21st. Initially received little mainstream attention. It was not until the following year yep. that became a commercial success. After touring and receiving significant airplay for Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine. Seventh best-selling album of all time in the United States. Um, there was also a lesser-known Tom Petty record that came out. So, the, you know, the song Jam and Me? Mm-hmm. He mentions a, a number of, like, celebrities on that song. How many can you name? I don't no, know why he mentioned, but I don't know why he did Vanessa Redgrave. I, you know, it's, it's very 87, like Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Anyone who mentioned Joe Piscopo now, I don't think anybody, if, if you mentioned Joe Piscopo to your kids or, no, to, or to anybody not. or to anybody under 40, they're not going to know who Joe Piscopo is. But Vanessa Redgrave was um, outspoken about, was she outspoken about Palestine? That might, yeah, could have been. I don't know why he mentioned, let's see, actually. Dil- oh, you know what? Bob Dylan is a. Uh, he was name checked. No, he's uh, one of the songwriters on the uh, on this song, oh. which I did not know. The song is about a man overwhelmed by the volume of disconnected news generated in the dis- 
disinformation age. Can you imagine being just so overwhelmed by, by news in 1987? Certainly not. Oh it was God. crazy. So he says, um, take back your Iranian torture and the apple in young Steve's eye. You know who he's? Oh, Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's also meant, I don't know. I wonder who came up with that line. Yeah. Good. Wow. There you go. So that, that was an 87. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that was 37 years ago. Yeah. Some lyrics came from Dylan and Petty picking words out of a newspaper and off the television. Petty later commented that the verse about Eddie Murphy, that was all, that was all Bob Dylan, which embarrassed me a little bit because I remember seeing Eddie Murphy on TV really pissed off about it. I had nothing against Eddie Murphy or Vanessa Redgrave. What Dylan was talking about was media overload and being slammed with so many things at once and times were changing. There weren't four television channels anymore. That's funny. They remember when Petty and Dylan, so, so innocent, young and innocent. Yeah, outspoken about their... Just old men yelling at the moon. You know, they were old. They were in their 40s. God. They What did they know? Anyway, that, that song did crack when I did... It reminded me when I, I saw that this came out in 87. But I forgot about that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know if he ever played that too much, like in his later years. Because it kind of, it didn't age well. I guess that's one of those songs that like lyrically doesn't uh, hold up. All right, what else you got for me? There's one more album release I'm going to mention, and it is only significant to me. (laughs) In Excess is Kick is what I'm going to guess. No, but I know we're going to talk about that later. I'm not, I'm only talking about music that isn't, we are not going to discuss on our K-Rock episodes. Okay. This is a Rush album. Hold Your Fire was released that year and that was the first tour I saw of theirs because my significant other, my husband, who at the time was a guy not even a boyfriend. A guy you knew. Yeah. Yeah. I that was the first tour I saw. Very nice. uh, Hold your fire. It was a oh it's a very good rush album. I know people kind of gave up on that. I the general public gave up on them, I think, before that album, but it's definitely worth visiting. Ranking Roger gave up on it? Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, that's too bad. Well, he... he I don't know. Maybe he was a fan. <laughs> okay. Dave, Dave Wakeling and Rankin <laughs> Roger were not Rush fans, apparently. <laughs> sorry, general public. He gave the, up on... The general Sorry public, about... Not general public. Oh, I get it. It's always interesting to me to see the Billboard year-end Hot 100 singles of the year and how varied they are. Okay. So the first one was Walk Like an Egyptian. I, that was number one that year. Oh, okay. Okay. I know we like to count down the other way, but so, and the, the, oh, okay. So we'll go at the top 10 on the Billboard year-end Hot 100 singles. Uh, number 10 was Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, nice. which is rockin', but I guess also pop. Then you have Bob Seger with Shakedown, well, which I know was from a movie. What movie? I believe it was, was it with the Glenn Fry? was it the, was it that one? Beverly Hills Cop, I believe two in 87. Was two. It two. I think you're right. Okay. I think. I didn't pull up the uh, the movies from 87. Oh, but, I did. Okay. So yeah, I'm sure you can see Beverly Hills Cop, I'm sure is in the top 10. Uh, it's number one. Yeah. There you go. I think I blew it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then there's Bob Seger, Bruce Hornsby, The Way It Is, White Snake, Here I Go Again. Yep. Then you have the- Can you remember? <laughs> Okay. Who, uh, who is the woman on top of the car? Tawny Katane. There you go. Very yeah. good. Okay. You say it like it was obvious. Yeah. Well, oh, well, she I was don't a, know what's obvious to you. She was an icon in the rock, the rock world. 
that I inhabited at the time. Okay. <laughs> did you uh, roll around on a car? At, I did not. Out in the parking lot at the I Rainbow Bar and Grill? Where I, you, you, after your show at the, uh, after Gazzari's? <laughs> yes. Or the whiskey or the Roxy. But I, I envision myself doing that. You see the on Instagram now. Here's what I think I look like and here's what I actually <laughs> look like. Yeah. So I picture myself looking like Tawny Katane doing that. But then, so you you have those rock and song. Those are kind of rock and pop songs. But this, it was eighty seven was the year of hair metal. I mean, that's yeah. when it became mainstream. Really, I mean, eighty six yeah. was big, but eighty seven poison it, it just took over. Okay, so then you get into the poppier stuff. This is the Billboard Year on Hot one hundred. So number six was C'est La Vie from Robbie Neville. Five was Starship. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Four Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Three Gregory Abbott. Shake you down. Two, Heart, Alone, and number one was The Bangles, Walk Like an Egyptian. So it was a kind of a mix of the rockin', little rockin' uh, Bon Jovi, Bob Seger, White Snake, and... Oh, I, and Whitney. Yeah, Whitney Houston and um, Robbie Neville. So, okay, well, yeah, yeah, great, great year for music. Yeah, it was a good year for me. It was a great year for music, and I can't wait to talk more about Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was also the year of uh, Who's That Girl, Madonna. Yeah. I I went to that tour. Um, I, was at an- I saw it at Anaheim Stadium. I believe I was there too. Okay. As you should be. Yeah. Yeah, good year for Madonna and Whitney and the Beastie Boys and uh, yeah. Bon Jovi. I guess uh, for you too, it was a pretty damn good year. Oh, yeah, you too. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was the year. That was the year that uh, they, they broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, I guess that's true. I remember... Actually, being in the season parking lot when I they first played, hearing the opening guitar. Yeah, for where the streets have no name, like and like, oh my gosh. So. So, yeah, I tried to go to... Uh, to TV. The TV. Yeah. I mean, not much to talk. <laughs> yeah, All right, no, so, not well, much now, to talk about. Well, no, I mean, there's always a lot to talk about. This was the year of Shelley Long leaving Cheers. Yeah. And uh, it was also the year, looking at uh, the year that Al Camp- Campanis, the Dodgers general manager, went on Nightline and uh, to salute Jackie Robinson. And because, you know, the Dodgers were the first to accept a... a black player onto uh, their team. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, so Tick Koppel was throwing out some uh, softball questions t- to Al. Oh. <laughs> and Al Campanis uh, fumbled the ball and was never heard from again. Just saying that, uh, yeah, I believe it was uh, that black people did not have the necessities to be managers. So. Uh, I didn't realize that was 1987. That was. I thought that was earlier. April 6th. That was the start, uh, beginning of the baseball season because it was the anniversary. It was the 40th anniversary of Jackie Robinson. 
So yeah, uh, that was bad. <laughs> that yeah. was bad. But because of that, racism ended and we never heard about, uh, <laughs> never heard anything bad about it again. So thank, thankfully, that's what we have now. Um, <laughs> um, He's being sarcastic just for the, just for the record in, not, case it, in case that wasn't recognized. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so as I'm looking at this list of the top TV shows, somebody believed that a lot of these were worth remaking in the 2020s. Oh, okay. Which I'm not really sure about. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that that's a great idea, but, you know, what do I know? Like, oh, you, oh, you want <laughs> like, me to elaborate? Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, Night Court. They did a Night Court reboot. Okay. And uh, so Night Court was number seven that year on NBC with a, a rating of 20. 20, is that is that 20 share? Yeah, I mean. Wow. Yeah. yeah, right. All of these were, yeah, back in the day, that's we only had, well, in 87, suddenly we had four choices. We had yeah. Fox as well. That's right. Because that's, and they debuted with Married with Children, the Tracy Ullman show, yeah. and 21 Jump Street. classics so what was so that? that was also the start of the simpsons as well yep yeah so and i thanks, didn't thanks it, to fox it had gone for so it was it was on tracy ellman for three years before it got their own before it was spun off three seasons yeah also uh moonlighting was huge mm-hmm. and they had the uh there was always the will they or won't they and finally they did on march 31st they did it both of maddie and david they did what? They did the dirty deed. <gasps> done dirt cheap. After two and a half years of a romantic tension, they finally released that tension. Okay, did you write that yourself? No. Did you write that press release? Oh, dear God. No. Good on uh, Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis. They, yeah. They got, uh, they got it on. <laughs> they got it on. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, an 87. But also there was, as I'm looking, the only soap, like evening soap, on in 1987 was Dallas. And I love this. This is significant about the times also. Within the top 30 was the NBC Monday Night Movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a thing. I do. Yeah. Oh, and no, CBS. The CBS, they must have been running better movies because the CBS Sunday Night Movie was number 18. Okay. It was also the start in 1987 of two, uh, you know, one you remember, well, we'll see. Remember Max Headroom? Poetry. That'll work. Come, sweet slumber, and shroud me in thy purple cloak. <laughs> Doesn't even rhyme. Is that my tease made? Paranoid. I can't stand tease. <laughs> That was a thing that people were into for a year. A minute. Yeah, hot minute. But on MTV, what we were watching in December was Remote Control. Yes, we were. Hosted so by, can you get, do you remember? Was it Greg Kinnear? No. Who was the first host? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Colin Quinn? No. Nope. Who was it? Ken Ober. 
Ken Ober. Yeah, I remember oh that God. name. Yeah, I remember that name. But who else was in on remote control? I remember one person who's uh, who got his a big start, got his initial start on remote control. Mm-mm. If it um, wasn't Greg Canary, I can't remember. It was Adam Sandler. Oh. Yeah. Groceries by night, he dreams about celebrity bags. See if you can guess the identity of Stud Boy's latest date. How you doing, yeah. Stud Boy? Nice to see you again. Uh, stud, Stud, what's that on your lip? Oh, that uh, none of your damn business. <laughs> ah! As you can see, heavy metal is my life. All right, here it is. I grope lustily at the first lady of Seoul. I purred. Only Stud Boy can make you feel like a natural woman. And then I licked her large, waxy ear. And surprisingly, she slapped my manly, handsome face. She may, may have said no, but she'll always have the R-E-S-P-E-C-T of me, the stud boy. Charlie, we the flank. Yeah, five points. Yeah. No recollection of that? Oh, yeah. He was, uh, he was the goofball or something. He, he was on that show a lot. It was also, I mean, shows die eventually. And what the, died? In 1987, The Love Boat died after 10 years. Mm. The A-Team, Remington Steel, Hill Street Blues, and uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Did you watch Scarecrow and Mrs. King? I did not, but uh, I know people who I have. know the LA TV, the TV <laughs> ladies, the 80s, TV 80s ladies. TV ladies probably love Scarecrow and Mrs. King with Kate Jackson. They talk, to, they talk about it on the, uh, they have episodes devoted to it. I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Other tidbits. Okay. So this is this is from the 87 Emmys, which means it was shows from 86. Right. But, uh, I believe I went to the 87 Emmys as a seat filler. You did? Because uh, you were, oh, was this when you were in Because I was in, no, I was in Karen Kern's class and she, they needed seat fillers. I like, don't remember that. I had to, me and uh, my friend Paul Stone dressed up in... Uh, in tuxes or something. We we sat next to Mrs. Garrett. So that was exciting. You did? Yeah. I, I don't remember her announcing this. Maybe I was talking. As, yeah, you're probably talking out of turn. I'm sure you were. I'm sure. Studying up for your math test. <laughs> no, that was a definite no. Uh, okay. Uh, best comedy series. I'm going to list five and you tell me which one won. Okay. Cosby Show, Family Ties, Night Court, Cheers, Golden Girls. I want to say Cosby. Okay. Do you, is that your final answer? I don't want it to be Cosby now, but maybe <laughs> let's say Golden Girls. That is correct. Good job. Yeah. Old people rule. They, they still do. Yeah. That show is still very funny. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's actually some stage shows of some drag queens doing Golden Girls shows. That sounds like it'd I be fun. I love it. Uh, outstanding drama series. Cagney and Lacey. Moonlighting. Murder, She Wrote. St. Elsewhere, L.A. Law. Okay, my personal favorite was L.A. Law. That is correct. Good job. Oh, my favorite was also the number, it also won? It won, yeah. How about that? I was going to guess Murder, She Wrote because of the old people again. Okay, well, that, that would have now that would have been smart. I, I wanted to interrupt you. I knew you were going to Thank you. go with your first <laughs> choice. Outstanding variety, music, or comedy program. The 41st Annual Tony Awards, Late Night with David Letterman. Liberty Weekend, The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson and The Tracy Ullman Show. Oh, I'd like it to be Letterman or Tracy Ullman. Letterman. The award goes to the 41st Annual Tony Awards. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So memorable. 
I just wrote this because it was it was a fun funny. Fact. Yeah, it was just outstanding individual performance in a variety or music program. Robin Williams for Carol, Carl, Whoopi, and Robin. Billy Crystal for the 29th Annual Grammy Awards. Julie Kavner for the Tracy Ullman Show. Angela Lansbury for the 41st Annual Tony Awards. And John Lovitz for Saturday Night Live. Angela Lansbury? Yeah, you would think so. But no, it was Robin Williams. Oh, yay. But I thought it was funny. Like, John Lovitz? Like, out of all those amazing, like, He was just Hartman, like a throw-in, like a filler. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I got nominated. Yeah. The liar guy. Yeah, yeah. that's the ticket. Yeah. That's, that's the ticket. I got nominated for an That's right. For an Emmy. All right. Well, so there was that. Who was, who was People Magazine's sexiest man alive? Um, all right. Bruce Willis. I'm going no, to guess. Okay. You're wrong. Wait, it's wait, from wait, wait. Actually, okay. I'm going to tell you from wait, the wait. show. Wait, wait. No. Oh, I was going <laughs> to. John oh. Bon Jovi. Nope. Okay. From one of the shows that won. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Harry Hamlin. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks good on the cover. He looks good now. He's uh, a, he is a very handsome man. Hunky man? Okay. Hunky. Hunky. <laughs> Well, I have a couple of other uh, possibly TV-related moments somewhat, but not on TV. Okay. First of all, I guess this is more pop culture. Spuds McKenzie, I think, came into oh. being, was was born in 1987, the Bud mascot. There he is. What a happening dude. Have a super party animal. Yeah. His name is Spuds McKenzie. Spuds McKenzie. A barbecue inside. Do-do-do, a barbecue. And a cold Bud Light. Yeah, all the girls wanted uh, to get with him. They were, they wanted to do like uh, <laughs> crazy. What a, what a weird time. Nope. Like what? Are, like this stuff. All these women find Spuds so attractive, and uh, and so you should drink this beer too because Spuds likes it. So all you frat boys, here you go. That connection, right? So weird. Yeah. What a weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the other one was Jim Baker. Jim, tele, popular televangelist Jim Baker was forced to step down after it was revealed that he had used $265,000 in church funds to pay off Jessica Hahn following a sexual encounter. That's right. That was, If I had stayed with Stern, I would have met Jessica Hahn. Yeah. She was a regular. Uh, she was. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. I blew it. One more. Go ahead. Do you remember baby Jessica? Well, yeah, I do. I was going to say she was the one who fell down the well, but she was not. Yeah. She was the she one. Who... F- she fell down the well. She was okay. stuck in a well. She was only 18 months old. She fell down a well in Midland, Texas, and she was there for 58 hours yeah. before they were able to rescue her. Uh, that was a Simpsons episode as well. I don't, I uh, don't remember that. It was that all. One. Yeah, Simpsons well. It was on top of everything. Yes. Yeah, that Timmy is a real hero. How do you mean, Dad? Well, he fell down a well and can't get out. How does that make him a hero? Well, it's more than you did. And finally, Channel 6's own Krusty the Clown has gathered members of the entertainment community, who normally steer clear of fashionable causes, for a video called We're Sending Our Love Down the Well. I wanted to do something to help that boy, so I called my good friend Sting. He said, Krusty, when do you need me? I said, Thursday. He said, I'm busy Thursday. I said, what about Friday? He said, Friday's worse than Thursday. Then he said, how about Saturday? I said, fine. True story. 
Yeah, I used to open for Krusty in uh, 69. In fact, he fired me, as I recall. <laughs> Sting. But this isn't about show business. This is about some kid down a hole or, or something, and we've all got to do what we can. Uh, all right. Okay. Now you may you may move on to movies. Yeah. So you have the best of, and I have the uh, the Academy Award winners, and these are from '86. So I, oh, so you know I have the top grossing movies from 1987. Right. Right. But these, you so know, your this movies was, will be from 1986, but they're Oscar winners. They were Oscar winners in '87. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hosted by you won't guess. It's funny. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. No, but that's a good guess. It was three people: Chevy Chase, Paul Hogan, and Goldie Hawn. Wow. Yeah, I know. It was Did they say like, raise your hand? Whoever raises their hand first uh, gets to be the host. Yeah, I guess so. But Paul Hogan, yeah, in 87, Paul Hogan. Because what Crocodile Dundee, is that on the list of 87? Or is that, that might have been 86. Crocodile Dundee. Nope, it's on 87. It was the 18th highest grossing movie. Right, but not. I bet in 86 it was number one, like in the top 10. People just kept going to that movie over and over oh, and over be. again. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Okay, so what one... Uh, let's see how well you do on this. Platoon, Children of a Lesser God, Hannah and Her Sisters, The Mission, A Room with a View. Children of a Lesser God? No, it's Platoon. Good, that's what I probably what I would have chosen. Did you see that? Did... I saw Platoon, yeah. You did Oliver see... Stone, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to give you the winners here. Okay. Uh, Paul Newman won uh, for The Color of Money, and um, Marley Matlin won for Children of a Lesser God, Mike O'Kane one for Hannah and her sisters. Who? Mike O'Kane. As you say in a Cockney accent. Mike O'Kane. Mike O'Kane. Okay. I thought you said Mike O'Kane. That's how you say it. In, Mike O'Kane. Oh, a, with a Cockney co- accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, of course, I said it in, Mike, a, in a valley Mike voice. O'Kane? Mike O'Kane. Yeah, I can't say a co- Cockney accent. That's very Mike, good. Yeah. And then uh, Diane Weist, one for Hannah and her sisters. This is always fun. The best original song. Somewhere out there. You know that one. I know the song. From an American Tale. Oh, okay. I you couldn't know. remember where it was from. Oh, yes. Classic. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space from The Little Shop of Horrors. Don't remember it. Remember the movie. Okay. But not the... Okay. Uh, I don't know. This is Life in a Looking Glass from That's Life! Exclamation mark. Glory of Love. Oh, from Karate Kid. Part two. two. Mm-hmm. Who sang it? Pedro Cetera. Very good. Brandon. And the winner... Is take my breath away by the band Berlin. Very good. Watch it in slow motion as you turn around and say, Take my breath away. Take my breath From the movie. Oh God, I saw it. It was a love. It was a, a love story. Obviously. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Wait, wait, wait. <sighs> it, it was not against all odds. No. That was another one. No, against all odds is from against all odds. <laughs> yeah. What's it from? <laughs> Top Gun. Top. Oh my God! Of course. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Duh. All right. What uh, what movies came out this year? Okay, in 87. So, so those were the ones that came out in 86, but one in 87. Right. So these were the, the box office, the top grossing movies from 1987. The, okay, go ahead. The Untouchables. Classic. Mm-hmm. So good. Three Men and a Baby. The opposite of so good. 
<laughs> the best. I love those movies. Of course you did. I do. Steve wow, poor Steve. Poor Steve who had to go to those movies for. <laughs> he was so much less discerning. I think he was always discerning, but maybe he, uh, you know, was early <laughs> After, on in our relationship, sure. so he was more tolerant of the crap I wanted to see. Yeah. That wasn't crap, obviously. Platoon. Uh, okay. Uh, All right. You can you can beg to differ. I will. You'd be wrong, uh, but you okay. can differ. Okay. Platoon. Platoon. Yeah, that's amazing. It was like everyone went to that movie, like this yeah. horrifying movie about Vietnam War. <laughs> war, yeah. People want, people love war. That grossed 130 million dollars yeah that's great yeah. well yeah it was like charlie sheen was in there and um okay. william defoe well uh, you're right uh john c mcginley forrest no. whitaker johnny depp oh, that's a great cast yeah what else you got fatal attraction fatal attraction i remember seeing that in new york a very impactful movie on yeah our culture. I remember. yes especially yeah in new york because that's what we used in new york that, that was the fun part about going to movies in new york like we would all of us would go to the movie and then we would go to some coffee shop and just kind of <laughs> dissect it all because <laughs> we were all like film and TV majors and what, you know, just kind of <laughs> breaking it down. So that was one of those where like that was we had some good discussions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. That's what you did in college. It's like you saw the films. We saw Blue Velvet. You know, you would go. <laughs> we saw everything. Everything. I'm like, OK, wait. So number one was Beverly Hills Cup, too. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 4 is coming out this year. Yes, it is. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, are you? I, 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 love, I love Eddie Murphy. I, I have faith that this will be good. Those are some of my favorite. The first one is probably one of my favorite comedies. You know, I haven't watched it in one. many years, but yeah, I love sure. those, those. The banana and the tailpipe. The banana. <laughs> um, all right. Anything uh, Anything else you got for, from this year? I mean, we you didn't know, talk it's, a, it's a lot of memories. Yeah, it was a lot of memory, a lot of memories because yeah. that was, uh, well, I guess we could probably say that about all the 80s. But yeah, 1987 was significant for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. As far as sports, all I remember is it was the year of a football strike because I was with NBC Sports and the, the Twins won the World Series. Yes. I can did. tell you that. But it went seven games. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. And yeah. I had to because, uh, you know, uh, I had. We were the stats department. Everyone had a fantasy baseball team. So I had to compile some. I had to go through a lot of these, uh, you know, the box scores, <laughs> to get the official numbers. For the World Series? Or for no, the for, the, for these, Super for the stats boys. Okay, so did, <laughs> so so the Giants actually won the, the New York Giants, won the Super Bowl. In 87? In 87, and it was the first time since 1956. Well, there was no Super Bowl in 56. As you know... As you should know, you can always keep track of the Super Bowl by how old I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, which used to be exciting. Like, oh, Super Bowl 21 was in 1987. That's great. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, that's a cool fact. Now, Super Bowl. So that cares? was their first time winning the Super Bowl, period. Who, who cares about Super Bowl 50, 58's just depressing. <laughs> now, there you go. So that that's our sports talk. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay, wait. So there was no Super Bowl. The Super so, Bowl started in 67. Right. Okay. So, so there was a championship game. The Super Bowl was between the AFC and NFC when they split off. It used to just be the, just one. When? The NFL. One series. There used to be yeah. just be the NFL and then it became the AFL. There was another competing football league. And so they merged in 67 and they started playing each other. And that's when the Super Bowl. That's when the Super be- Bowl started. 
Okay. Oh, got a little bit of history there too. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> yes, so much. Yeah. Anything else you, you'd like to note about 1987? Uh, no, I'm just looking forward to looking at these K-Rock songs. Me too. So we'll, we'll start that off uh, soon. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm say I. I haven't even looked at the list yet because I want to be surprised and excited and. Well, okay, yeah, which it will be, yeah. and we'll get uh, we'll get some special guests in and to, to talk about some stuff. Yeah, and we'll have some of our favorite radio people. That's normally what we do. We get some uh, radio folk to to talk about the the music. Uh, a lot of these people were there at the time working at a mu- uh, radio station, so uh, we'll see what they have to say about some of these songs. Let's sign off then as we do, as we do. Okay, we're done. Year. We're done. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll start off the countdown next week. We have new episodes every Friday. Where else can they find us, Holly? How about social media at WDDIM podcast and on YouTube, but what difference does it make podcast? How about that? You could find us on the web, uh, our initials, like a radio station, WDDIM podcast.com. What difference does it make? is WDDIMpodcast.com. So uh, follow us there. Sign up for the newsletter if you like. We put it out once a month. Follow us along on our happy trails on uh, 1987. Join us on our journey. On our journey. Uh, it's a quest. Okay. What was it? What did they say at uh, um, Rattle and Hum? It's, uh, it's a musical journey. We're, it's a musical journey. We're on a musical journey. So welcome to our musical journey. That was Larry who said that, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everyone thinks Bono. Larry has some of the best lines. Who's everybody? Who's everybody? It's always the drummer has the best lines. Ringo. Ringo has the best lines. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he was the one who came up with us a hard day's night. That was Ringo. That was Ringo who who said that. You are full of trivia. Thank you. I am full of it, is what they say. They. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so let's wrap it up. And uh, until next time, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Right now. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.